Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hey, this is Coach Lee San reading today's article, Nutrition for Kids, Helping Children Get Off to a Good Start by Ryan Andrews. What does healthy nutrition for kids look like? In this article, we'll discuss how childhood shapes brain development, metabolism, and overall health and how to give our children a great start. Eating patterns built during childhood serve as a foundation for life. What we eat early on shapes brain development, metabolism, and overall health. And right now, the top three sources of calories for two to three-year-olds in the U.S. are milk, fruit juice, and pasta. Hmm, that's kind of a weak foundation. But there's good news. You may only need to make a few small changes to improve your child's nutritional profile and ensure a lifetime of healthy and pleasurable eating. After all, nutrition affects all aspects of childhood growth, development, and health. This includes maintaining a healthy weight, avoiding health problems related to excess body fat, gut health, and brain development and behavior. Let's explore these factors a bit more. Factor number one, excess weight. In 1980, only 7% of American kids aged 6 to 11 were obese. In 2010, it was 18%, nearly 1 in 5. Now about one-third, 33% of U.S. kids are classified as overweight or obese. Why is this a problem? A few reasons. Health problems and overweight. Carrying excess body fat isn't healthy, and it sets the stage for both childhood and adult diseases. For example, 70% of obese teens are already showing signs of cardiovascular disease, a health problem that normally doesn't appear until decades later. Adipose tissue, which is fat, secretes hormones and chemical signals. Too much fat means inflammation. In kids, this means things like asthma. Fat can accumulate in the liver. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease NAFLD is the leading cause of liver disease in kids worldwide. Children with fatty livers face double the risk of arterial plaque buildup. Overfat children have impaired insulin sensitivity, glucose disposal, and prediabetes. Overfat children have higher long-term risk of chronic conditions such as stroke, breast, colon, and kidney cancers, musculoskeletal disorders, and gallbladder disease. Normal growth and hormonal development can be disrupted. This can affect how they develop during puberty and their future reproductive health. Girls might hit puberty way too early, and boys may experience gynecomastia, which is breast development. Once a body is overweight at a critical development period, it's very hard to change. 
health and physical activity habits established early in life will have effects for decades to come. Social issues and excess weight. Extra body fat is a psychosocial burden too. It's no fun to be that fat kid in the playground. Overweight and obese kids and teens face teasing and social exclusion. The role of nutrition in overweight. Which children are most at risk of being overweight or obese? Those who consume mostly calorie-dense foods. Check out the article we wrote all about energy balance at precisionnutrition.com forward slash all dash about dash energy dash balance. In today's article, you'll see a chart included that shows children's health and weight results from a combination of factors, most of which we can control. Factor number two, gut health. Just like grown-ups, kids depend on good digestion. But because they're young and vulnerable, they're often prone to catching viruses and bacterial infections. The result is sometimes diarrhea, which often signals an intestinal infection. But not all diarrhea results from illness. A major preventable cause is fruit juice. Juice contains fructose and sorbitol, which contribute to diarrhea in high amounts. If diarrhea is common, its opposite, constipation, is more rare providing kids eat enough whole plant foods. But regardless of diet, when a child needs to go and tries to hold it, this can cause problems. Kids who struggle with constipation before the age of five tend to continue struggling with it after puberty. Here's a side note. If you're a student or researcher in pediatrics, there aren't many high-quality studies on childhood constipation, so feel free to organize some studies. In the end, Poor dietary quality is linked to gastrointestinal disorders. And, just as with adults, the bacterial balance in children's guts can influence their immune function. That's why probiotics could help to improve gut health, resolve diarrhea after antibiotic use, and control inflammation, even in children. Indeed, a host of child-friendly probiotics are now available. And factor number three, brain and behavior. Developing brains need quality nutrients. Poor nutrition, whether linked to excess body fat or not, also contributes to child mood and behavioral problems, such as depression and ADHD, and even aggressiveness and violence. This also includes caffeine. One study found that 8 to 12-year-old children consumed an average of 109 milligrams of caffeine, the equivalent of a cup of coffee, a day. Since one cola contains around 30 to 35 milligrams of caffeine, that means the average kid drinks about three colas a day. Here's an important note on socioeconomic status. Poor childhood nutrition is a complex social problem. It's tied to geography and economics. For instance, in industrialized countries like the US or the UK, the kids eating low-quality, energy-dense foods are more likely to be poor because these foods are cheaper and easily available. Conversely, in developing countries where poor kids still eat traditional diets and local agricultural staples, it's the rich kids whose families are able to afford the luxury of energy-dense foods. This means that in industrialized countries at least, poor childhood nutrition is often linked to poverty. How can you help improve your kids' nutrition? The problem of childhood nutrition can seem overwhelming, especially if you're a parent trying to make healthier choices for yourself and your family. Where to begin? First, start with some simple basics. 
Choose whole, minimally processed foods. Avoid processed foods that are specifically marketed to kids. Incorporate vegetables and fruits into kids' daily diet. Supplement with vitamins and minerals if needed, but try to get nutrients from a varied whole foods diet first. Help kids regulate their appetite and hunger cues with whole foods and mindful eating. And take the lead. You're the parent. Adopt healthy habits yourself so that kids have a role model for their own behavior. Let's explore these strategies a bit more. Strategy number one. Choose whole, minimally processed foods. Kids are a prime target for processed food marketing. Unfortunately, these foods are usually full of junk. Cut the sugar. Many parents and teachers can tell when kids have eaten sugar. The former little angels are suddenly screaming, tantrum-throwing, wall-climbing demons. Added sugar also disrupts kids' natural appetite regulation and contributes to excess body fat, cardiovascular disease, and insulin resistance. But Ryan, my kids don't eat sugary desserts and almost never drink soda, so they're fine. Great. Just keep in mind that ounce for ounce, many breakfast cereals contain more sugar than soft drinks. Same goes for kid-friendly brands like Gogurt. Sometimes, even frozen fruits will contain lots of excess sugars. There's a link in today's article to find out more on hidden sugar sources. There's also an image on the 10 worst children's cereals that you can find, hitting number one on the charts based on the percentage of sugar by weight at 55.6% is Kellogg's Honey Smacks. There's more where that came from, so do have a look. Read labels. Whether it's yogurt or fruit juice, granola bars or trail mix, whether it's labeled healthy or has a leprechaun on the package, read the label. Look for hidden sugars and other unwanted ingredients. You'll be surprised at what you find when you pay closer attention. Get the right stuff. The good news is that kids who eat a varied diet of mostly whole foods will get enough healthy carbohydrates, lean protein, and good fats. Speaking of good fats, dietary fats. Dietary fats help kids absorb vitamins. They also help them feel full and satisfied after meals and they're necessary to manufacture hormones. Kids need healthy dietary fats in the diet. Without these fats, kids develop deficiencies which can lead to growth, eye, body composition, blood lipid, and brain problems. Dietary fat is even more critical for kids than it is for adults, since they use a higher percentage of fat relative to their calorie intake. One type of dietary fat, omega-3 fat, is even useful for cognitive development and the prevention of many chronic diseases. EPA, DHA, one of the omega-3 fats, can come from oily fish, but since most kids aren't exactly keen on that, try sneaking a spoonful of fish oil into a fruit smoothie or supplementing with Barleen's Omega Swirl. Alpha-linolenic acid, ALA, Another type of omega-3 fat can come from nuts and seeds such as flax, walnuts, pumpkin seeds, or chia. So make raw nuts available as snacks and try blending up ground flax or chia seeds into kids' cereal or smoothies. If kids can tolerate eggs, be sure to use whole eggs as the yolk provides important fat and choline, another essential nutrient for brain development. Opt for full-fat dairy where possible. And coconut is a great source of healthy saturated fats. 
smash open a fresh coconut together, kids usually think this is hilarious, or use coconut milk or unsweetened coconut flakes in dishes and coconut flour in baking. Small substitutions can add up. Simply switching to less processed, more whole food versions of things can make a huge difference. Look at your kids' daily menu and see where you can make healthier substitutions for processed foods. A classic parent trick? Diluting fruit juice with water, mixing flavored yogurt with plain yogurt, or cutting chocolate milk with regular milk. All right, strategy number two, incorporate fruits and vegetables. Adding fruits and vegetables is another great and simple way to start improving your kids' nutrition. Fruits and veggies come in their own handy packages, are easy to prepare, and full of important nutrients that growing bodies need. Of course, not all children will love fruits and veggies right away, so here are some tips to address common problems. Problem. Kids don't like the taste of vegetables. Solution. Prepare vegetables differently. Try roasting, making into a soup, sneaking veggies into a shake with fruit, or serving them raw. And remember, it might require 10 or more exposures before a child embraces a new food. So give it time, keep trying new options, and keep looking for ways to incorporate veggies into meals. Another problem. Preparation seems inconvenient or difficult. Solution? Keep prepared vegetables such as pre-washed baby veggies handy. Involve children in vegetable and fruit prep. Even young children can do things like snap the ends off green beans, mash avocados, or tear up lettuce for salad. The more involved children are, the more likely they are to try new foods. Problem. No access. Solution. Keep vegetables at home and at school. Rearrange the fridge to make prepared vegetables accessible and less healthy alternatives harder to reach. Problem. Fruits and vegetables aren't cool because they don't have their own commercial. Solution. Don't rely on advertising to make food choices. Teach kids to be media savvy. Help them understand that advertising is designed to sell stuff, not necessarily with their well-being in mind. And take them shopping with you. Let them explore the produce section and choose some things they'd like to try. Problem. Peer pressure to eat non-nutritious foods. Solution. What happens around peers stays around peers. Focus on eating better at home. And the last problem. Parents aren't eating veggies. Solution. Parents, eat your veggies. You knew we were going to say that, right? Also know that raw veggies can be risky for young kids as they can pose a choking risk. Then again, soda hard candies, nuts and nut butters, hot dogs, and popcorn. Strategy number three, vitamins and minerals. Here's a newsflash. Nutrient-poor foods consumed in place of nutrient-rich foods can lead to nutrition deficiencies. If a child isn't getting enough nutrients from his diet, supplementing with vitamins, minerals, and omega-3 fatty acids might be useful for cognition and behavioral health. Kids low of socioeconomic status, kids with symptoms of ADHD, and kids with learning disabilities might also benefit from supplementation. The following are nutrients most often lacking in children's diets, along with some good, whole food sources of those nutrients. For calcium, beans, greens, nuts, and seeds. Iron, beans, meat, whole grains, and greens. Zinc, 
beans, meat, whole grains, fish, for vitamin A, fruits, and vegetables, for vitamin C, which promotes iron absorption, look at fruits and vegetables, folic acid, contained in whole grains, beans, fruits, vegetables, vitamin B6, whole grains, beans, fruits, vegetables, and meats, vitamin D, found in fish, eggs, dairy, mushrooms, and fortified foods, and vitamin B12, found in animal foods. Children eating a vegan diet will need a vitamin B12 supplement. Iodine is found in iodized salt, sea vegetables, dairy, fish. Why dairy? Disinfectants used in dairy operations leave traces of iodine in dairy products. Send the kids out to play in the sunshine as often as possible to help them get enough vitamin D, which is crucial for growing muscle and bone development. Right now, most kids don't get more than 300 international units of vitamin D a day, which is much less than the dietary intake of 600 per day. For more on vitamin D, see our article all about vitamin D at precisionnutrition.com forward slash all dash about dash vitamin dash D. Now let's talk about hydration. Water and unsweetened teas are the best thirst quenchers around. They promote good hydration. And when children get used to the flavor, we'll prefer these to sugary drinks. Unfortunately, as things stand, more than 30% of the fructose young children consume comes from sugar-sweetened drinks. And while cow's milk is a staple of most kids' diets, it isn't mandatory. Using cow's milk as a meal replacement can result in anemia. Consider eliminating fruit juices in favor of whole fruit and trying some alternatives to cow's milk. Then using primarily water and unsweetened tea for your children's beverages. Food sensitivities in kids. If your child is sensitive to a particular food and needs to eliminate it, that's okay. Just establish what nutrients the food would provide and include other foods that will make up for it, or use a supplement. For more about food sensitivities, see our article all about food sensitivities at precisionnutrition.com forward slash all dash about dash food dash sensitivities. If you think your child has a true allergy, do get him or her tested. Allergies can be measured. Up to 5% of kids experience cow's milk protein allergy. If a child has an allergy to cow's milk, use a non-allergenic beverage in its place. Foods that commonly cause sensitivities include eggs, cow's milk, soy, wheat, peanuts, tree nuts, and shellfish. Kids and toxins. We're all exposed to various toxins, and we're always learning more about where toxins can be found. To lower toxin load in children, the following seem to be useful. Avoid BPA. BPA is linked to more body fat and health problems in kids. Avoid feeding large predatory fish to kids. They tend to contain higher amounts of toxins. Try to eat organic. Organic food tends to contain fewer toxins. And check body care products. Even common lotions, shampoos, and toothpastes can expose your child to unnecessary risk. Strategy number four. Help kids eat the right amount. Given the right conditions, kids tend to be intuitive eaters. Their body cues tell them how much they need. Some days they'll eat more, some days less. Their bodies will naturally regulate their intake over the long term, 
so trying to count calories for otherwise healthy kids is wasted effort. Kids' amazing abilities to self-regulate can be messed up by things like inappropriate portion sizing, processed foods, restricting foods, labeling some foods as bad, and eating while rushed, distracted, or on the go. Strategies that don't work? As a parent, you'll undoubtedly want to make sure your kids are happy and healthy, so you might offer them foods as a reward when they're upset, have strict rules about good and bad foods, push them to finish dinner, try bribing them, like if you finish your spinach, you'll get ice cream. Unfortunately, these strategies only make things worse. Plus, it's a lot of work for you. So try these strategies instead. To ensure kids keep eating intuitively and naturally for life, serve them a variety of unprocessed whole foods. Serve appropriate portions. Give them the illusion of choice and self-determination. For example, you can pick one vegetable you'd like to eat tonight. Let kids stop when they're no longer hungry, instead of insisting that they clean their plate. Avoid strict eating rules or references to children's weight. Don't keep unhealthy choices in the house. Make healthy choices abundantly available. Don't make this a big deal. Just make poor choices simply and quietly unavailable. Involve kids in shopping, menu planning and cooking, slow down, and eat together as a family as often as possible. Make mealtime family time. Strategy number five, take the lead. Parents, it's up to you to take the lead. You're in charge here. It's your job to provide the food, but it's the child's choice whether to eat it. When kids are hungry, they'll eat. Set a good example of healthy eating yourself. Ultimately, children pay more attention to what their parents do than what their parents say. So, set a great example, and chances are your children will follow where you lead. But what about picky kids? This is all very well, you may be saying, but my kid won't eat vegetables no matter what. How will he get enough nutrients? No problem. Make sure he gets plenty of apricots, cantaloupe, mango, peaches and plums, beans, nuts, avocado, eggs, citrus, and berries. What about kids who don't like or can't tolerate dairy foods? How can they get enough calcium? Make sure they get plenty of broccoli, green leafy veggies, sneak them into a fruit smoothie if you have to, beans and legumes, fish with bones, calcium-fortified non-dairy milks. And what about those who don't like meat? How can they get enough protein? Make sure they eat plenty of beans, peas, kids often love steamed edamame in the pod, nuts, and seeds. In other words, there's a solution for just about every potential problem. General Guidelines While it seems easiest to focus on daily servings and numbers, it's smarter to allow for flexibility. Step back and consider the big picture. A few days without three to five servings of vegetables is okay. In general, aim for the following. Vegetables, three to five servings a day, and a serving size is one fist. For fruit, two to three servings a day. Again, serving size is about a fist. Beans, legumes, meat, and egg, two to three servings a day. The serving size here is equal to a palm. For whole grains, two to three servings per day, serving size, a fist, and nuts, seeds, olives, avocado, and coconut, 
two to three servings a day. Serving size, one thumb. Summary and recommendations. How much should kids eat? They should eat until they're no longer hungry. What should kids eat? A mix of mostly whole, minimally processed foods. What should kids drink? Mostly water and unsweetened teas. And how to ensure healthy bowel movements? Adequate fluid, physical activity, and whole plant foods like vegetables, fruits, beans, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. And the number one thing you can do to help your kids? Adopt healthy habits yourself. This has been Coach Lee Sand from Precision Nutrition reading today's article, Nutrition for Kids, Helping Children Get Off to a Good Start by Ryan Andrews. You can read this article yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash all dash about dash nutrition dash for dash kids. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.